0: This is the Fullport Podcast with Josh Howard and Nate Wyatt, brought to you by T.P. Howard's Plumbing. Hey, this is Josh Howard with T.P. Howard's Plumbing. nothing worse than a plumbing emergency. On today's podcast, I want to introduce Andy O'Neill. Andy's a little bit different guest, not in the construction industry, but I think it's going to be super informative and interesting.
1: So, Andy, tell us what you do and who you work for. Well, first of all, thank you all for having me. It's a it's an honor and a privilege. So and and just a quick caveat up front. Uh, I'm usually behind a camera asking questions or getting out of the way and and uh, listening to people's answers. So I, I hope I'm pre forgiven by you and your audience <laughs> for uh whatever disaster is about to unfold. So hold on tight. So um having said that, what was your question again? So <laughs> Tell us, I guess, who you work for and what do you do there? Yeah. So I work for a company called Plan A Films, which is an independent production company based in Asheville, North Carolina, in Johnson City, Tennessee. And what do I do? Everybody wears a lot of hats at Plan A. Um, We're all producers, line producers, camera operators, editors, lion tamers, pigeon wranglers, whatever whatever the job, you know, short order cooks, whatever the job is needed, we are there. Uh, that's kind of the the spirit of Plan A Films. We're kind of this ragtag maverick um just get it done, sleep when we're dead type of mentality. And uh and we're brand ambassadors, you know, like so we do feature films, documentaries, branded content, broadcast commercials. But um our bread and butter is sort of branded content so like Kellogg's Microsoft Intel Tennessee Tourism Stellar Artois you know the list goes on whoever we're kind of guns for hire so whoever comes to us and asks for bringing their their uh, video or concept to life we will will arrive will show up and we'll do our best so
0: we'll talk more about that in a minute yeah. but what's your morning routine
1: morning routine okay i love this so uh i don't wake up with an alarm typically unless i'm on a film shoot so i will wake up naturally and before i get up i will keep my eyes closed and i will try to remember the dream i just had okay and usually um there's nothing to write home about, but I'd say one in every 700 days, there's one that's worth writing down. So that's one thing. I'll try to remember the, the dream I was just having. Then I get up. Uh, you're going to love this. I, I hope that I have the urge in the morning constitution to take a dump before I take a shower. Do you know? It's, it's, you know what? It's I, I don't sequence. disagree with you, right? Yeah, yeah right. right. Yeah, there's, there's nothing worse than being in the shower and realizing you got you to gotta do something else. Right. So... Usually it goes in that order. Go to the bathroom, take a shower. Uh, I know everyone wants to know if I brush my teeth. I, I do typically, um, but sometimes I like to drive and go get a coffee before uh, brushing my teeth because I don't want the the Colgate to contaminate the, the latte. <laughs> so you come back to the house after the latte and brush your teeth? If I have the benefit of time. What kind of it's, toothpaste? Colgate? It is it is Colgate. Yeah, do you have the the... What kind of toothbrush do you use? I use a, an electric toothbrush. It's uh, Oral-B, I think, is the brand. So we're finding that brushing your teeth is so unique yeah. that it's. I'm
0: interested in the, the now the toothpaste and then what kind of toothbrush, <laughs> right?
2: Wow. A well, um, few of our guests don't brush their teeth, so you know, <laughs> now we're getting into the details of the people who do.
1: Yeah, yeah. So after that happens, I, I usually skip breakfast. It depends on if I'm on a film. If I'm on a shoot, I'll eat a little something, but... I usually don't eat until lunch.
0: So do you? Or do you work? I mean, do you have a normal schedule?
1: Or it sounds like you Ooh. work when, whenever duty calls. Right. I mean, it, 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 there is nothing routine about my morning or my work life at all. It's not a nine to five. I mean, it was when I worked at Abercrombie and Fitch just out of college, <laughs> but uh, you know, but, yeah. I mean,
2: like you could get a call and you've got to go to. You gotta fly to Nashville or somewhere and do do a shoot. Yeah. Last minute.
1: Exactly. It'd be like, Hey, plan A, we gotta we gotta shoot in Nashville or Brentwood, Tennessee, and you gotta interview Vince Gill. You got forty eight hours, can you make it happen? And we're like, Yeah, sure, we'll make it happen. So absolutely nothing routine. I never know what the next day is gonna bring. So where'd you grow up? So I was born in Richmond, Virginia. And I only lived there for two weeks. And then I moved to Asheville, North Carolina. Do you remember those two weeks? I do not remember those two weeks, (laughs) but I remember just a little, a little, uh, see, I work in stories and narratives and things like that. So I might, I might have some anecdotes that, that kind of supplement what, what we're talking about here. But I, I will say that five months before I was born, picture this, it was, it was, uh, Easter weekend, 1982. And my mom, who's pregnant with me, gets in the front passenger seat of a minivan, and they're wait. She's waiting for my dad, my nine-year-old brother, and then her parents to get in the car to go to the beach for or to the van to go to the beach for the for Easter weekend. So my mom's sitting in the van by herself, and then my dad gets into the driver's seat and says, "Hey, just so you know, when we get back, I'm leaving you." And then all of a sudden my, my brother and my grandparents sit in the car and my, my mom's just shell-shocked, right? And, and sure enough, they went to the beach, came back, and he kept his word. He left her. So that is why I... So I was born in Richmond, but because my mom was now a single mom, she moved to Asheville to be closer to her parents, my grandparents, so that's how I ended up in Asheville. It's such a. I would have, if it had turned out differently, I probably would have been growing up in Richmond. So then you went to high school here? I did. I went to uh, Asheville school, the college prep school, and, uh, you know, wear coat and ties, go to school on Saturdays, required athletics. I was on the swim team, captain of the swim team, um, a quiet captain. I just led by example. I don't like to raise my voice or tell people what to do so uh that was a good experience yeah and then um got I went to UNC Greensboro where I met my future wife and uh majored in film by accident okay a complete accident by just by chance uh so just to expand a little bit I'll, so you, you know I was 17 when I went to college and uh they had you they you know they put you in this orientation of all these newcoming freshmen and they, they slide a sheet of paper in front of you and they say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like, oh my, I'm 17. Like, well, how did that, how do I know? So I turned to the dude next to me and I said, I'll have what you're having. And he was majoring in film. So that's how I ended up majoring in film. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you let your neighbor... Did you ever see him again? Probably Absolutely. not. Absolutely. We're still in touch. And he lives in Colorado, and he's in IT now, but I'm still in film. So,
0: Well, he made a good decision then.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did.
0: So you get back from college. <laughs> yeah. And ha- and where is Emily from? Emily's, Emily's his wife.
1: Yeah. yeah. Emily is from uh, a little town called Marion, Massachusetts, which is near Cape Cod about an hour and so from Boston, so just out of college, she goes back to Boston, and I go to Asheville, and she goes to Boston for a year, and I'm working at Abercrombie for a little bit as a brand rep, and you know, they like spritz you, (laughs) Nate, this is great trivia, does does everyone know that Nate, you too, worked at Abercrombie? I worked at
2: Abercrombie when I was in college for like a couple months. (laughs)
0: You also had nipple rings, didn't you?
1: No, I had, e- I had earrings. Gauges? Oh. You had ear, ear right. earrings. Earrings. Oh, Got yeah. It. <laughs> one, uh, just a quick aside. One other thing Nate and I have in common is that...
2: We may not want to put that one out
0: there.
1: <laughs> okay, great. We'll just leave a cliffhanger right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, just tell us. Let's, we'll, we'll, we'll edit this out. He may want He may want It's just so... Another other thing we have in common that I know of is that we both uh, kissed the same girl. Not at the same time, but <laughs> at, at one point or another, we both ended up... It was actually my first kiss, and I don't know, was it... It wasn't your... I don't know if it was if it was your first no, kiss. but it wasn't um, a first kiss. It wasn't I a would've... first kiss, but anyway, I, I remember mine did not go well. Um, and actually, you know what? It wasn't a kiss. It was a hug. And... Uh, we were, you know, I was like fourth grade on a playground, and I just totally got the mixed signals, and I thought she was really just wanting to hug, and I came up and hugged her, and 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 tears started forming, and I was like, oh man, I'm so sorry, I'm never hugging a girl ever again. We anyway,
2: figured this out until what, like, gosh, this two, was, last year or two years ago, yeah, yeah, something, something like that? a
1: major epiphany. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, there's that. That's that was yeah. Anyway, that was that was a. A tangent
2: now our wives are best friends and business yep. partners that's exactly
1: right
0: where what do they do I know what they do but tell everybody what Yeah. They
1: do. so well Emily and Abby uh, own a floral company so they do events like mainly weddings um, and uh, and then Emily's a, a tutor on the side she was a teacher for 15 years and then realized that she wanted to, to reinvent herself so Abby was there waiting in the wings and Emily is very grateful all right, so tell us so we got it pulled up now
0: the website. Mhm. Tell us about what you do.
1: Yeah. I still ask myself that. <laughs> there is nothing routine about what I do. It's there's something different every day. I I don't really know what to call myself. Maybe a filmmaker. I mean, we have these these titles like camera operator, focus puller, editor, line producer, producer, director executive producer i mean the list goes on and on if you who who sits and looks at the credits at the end of like a christopher nolan film you know but i mean if you sit and watch it's like three minutes of credits so there's there's a lot of different things depending on how big the project is um you need a lot of different uh cast of characters so what do we do what i primarily do is there's three phases of production there's pre-production Production and post production. And pre-production is the most banal. It's my least favorite phase because it is it's the planning. It's my least favorite, but it's the most important. Um because the the more you plan, the the more smooth production slash the shoot will go. So it's pre-production is lining up crew, figuring out what gear, doing tech a tech scout, a location scout. Mm. Equipment test, camera test, figuring out a lighting scheme, talking to the cinematographer, figuring out how to make—is this going to look right? Things like that. So, what do we do? We do uh, branded content, broadcast commercials, documentaries, and and narrative films. The bread and butter is branded content. That's like with Kellogg's, Intel—they come and be like, hey, can you make a commercial for us? And it, and and we do our our best to make their vision come to life and um but our true passion is feature narratives but we rarely get to do it the last one we did was uh 2005 but it took three years to make but we made it to sundance film festival and quentin tarantino was a head juror that year and he he was, uh, you know, he praised the movie. And it was also 2008, so it was like right at the crash. So no films got sold at Sundance that year. And we were like, oh, wow, that's kind of a bummer. You know, we just spent the last three years of our lives making this thing. And, uh, but the Sundance laurels, you know, we won special jury prize in dramatic competition at Sundance, and those laurels got us all the gigs that you see on that Plan A website. It got us noticed. It got it put us on the map. We're like, okay, cool. You got a Sundance Laurel. Uh, why don't you go do some Kellogg's work with these Olympic athletes, spend two days with them, filming their lives, and eating cereal, and then edit it together and see what. See did it. you get free cereal? We did. No, actually we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> got some Rice Krispie treats we had to pay for, yeah and, and, and you know with Kellogg's you, you cannot you know you, there can't be cross pollination of Coke and Pepsi products when you have craft services you have to be conscious of the brand you're, you're with you're not bringing on set competition for that brand so,
0: so I've looked at the website the, I guess so, are, most of these people are what actors
1: or not actors oh well, it depends. Usually, we do uh, real people, real athletes, um, musicians. None of them. We did a we did a sh- uh, shoot with Tay Diggs one time for Kellogg's, so that was an actor thing. But but we usually get hired to make people. It sounds trite and hallmarky, but to get, to make people feel. And uh, the director I work with, Chuci, his forte is bringing people off the street and getting a, uh, a dial tone out of a busy signal. So you've got someone who's just kind of like, mm, kind of flat, no affect, just kind of like liven them up a little bit.
0: So it, it seems like, this is what
1: <laughs> interests me, is that
0: you have taken, in, in any short film or anything, but yeah. you've taken random people... And made them look awesome, right? <laughs> yeah. Like there's a football, and then he follows the guy in there, and the sound goes in and out, and I'm like, wow, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you're taking normal everyday people and making them seem really cool. Yes. Right? That, that yeah,
1: seem really cool, and and a lot of times we'll we'll shoot with four cameras uh, simultaneously during an interview. So if um, if we need to edit around we might take a, a paragraph from the first minute of the interview, uh, a sentence from that paragraph, and then couple it with uh, a sentence 13 minutes later and to make it sound more cogent, um, more cogent thought. So yeah, we do our best to make everyone in their best light. <laughs> so this,
0: most of these films
1: are between, what, three and seven minutes? Yeah, three and seven minutes, that's right. Yeah. Typically. That's, so
0: yeah. how long from pre to... To post? To post. How long is that Mm. to get those
1: three minutes or seven minutes? Pre-productions, maybe two to seven days. The shoot is usually three to four days. Post-production is probably two weeks. That's for that, like a branded content piece. But then we did uh, a feature documentary on Nashville songwriters that took a month to pre-produce, two years to film off and on. And then I'd say about a year to edit off and on. I watched that one too. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And you're a lot of times at the, you're at the mercy of the schedule of the person you're interviewing. That's right. You get a call last minute and you've got to go do it. Yeah. It may not work out with your pre-plan, but it's got to happen. That's
0: exactly right. So what happens if you, you go through this, you're like, yeah, here you go. You present it to, Kellogg's, or yeah. the, and they say nope that's not what we're looking for
1: does that happen? That has happened absolutely there's there's rounds of revisions, so you you get a, a round one cut that we typically send to the ad agency first because the the ad agency is sort of our liaison they, they kind of we don't interface directly with the client typically there is some direct to client work, but um, typically we 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 go through the ad agency and they kind of filter it through to the to the client so we do the agency revisions first because the agency, the, the the creative directors that work at the ad agency, we're trying to serve their vision first, but in the end, the brand is the the master that we're everyone's trying to please. So a lot of the times there well, sometimes there's a disconnect between what the agency creatives want and the brand wants. And that's one of the most challenging aspects is when the agency and the client aren't aligned creatively. So we're usually stuck in the middle trying, you know, it's like trying to please both mom and dad when no one's ever going to be happy. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: I guess being in business, how do you get paid? Is that a contract up front
1: or is that
0: a, Hey, if we spend this amount of time, we get this amount of money or how does
1: that work? It's usually all pre-planned. There's, a, there's this thing called an AICP form. and I cannot remember. It's like advertising, international, comm- commercial production form that you fill out. And I know that's wrong. You have to edit that one out, uh, that acronym. But um, there's, there's an agreed upon budget. And we usually get paid anywhere between 50 to 75% up front. And then the remainder upon delivery of the final assets. So what if you go through all this and they say nope, you know, redo? Mm. Oh, redo. Never had anything that catastrophic. It's usually okay. It's usually just oh, let's just spend five more days to do a redirect. It's it's never been that catastrophic. <laughs> so you're a producer
0: in these these films. That's your that's your title on this website. Yes. So, and I know this just like here we do, you know, everything. There's not really anything we won't do. But what does a producer do to get this
1: to get this product? A producer um, oversees logistics, so they will interface typically with the agency producer. To help coordinate you know line up interviews, line up a location, and it's just kind of like getting stuff done we We just kind of get stuff done and then and then a line producer who's just below the producer is sort of like my right hand man Josh, who's on the website um, he I sort of delegate things to him like organize crew we'll we'll kind of share you know okay let's um let's get the right camera and uh, let's get the camera rental order, get the right lenses ordered and then book travel, you know, find the right hotel, find the right places to eat, get catering taken care of and, uh, make it a smooth shoot. So if you're doing an interview, like you said, Vince Gill, who
0: lines up Vince Gill?
1: That is usually either the client or the ad agency. That does that. We and they just tell you to be there. Yeah. They you know, tell us where to be, be and when. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like for a Cheryl Crow interview is just like, here's here's the address to her barn. Don't don't share with anybody. Show up here this such and such time. And <laughs> 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 But we never we never I mean, sometimes at the end of the interview we will have won them over and they may give us their contact information.
2: And is that Time is that like? Is there a contracted amount of time you have oh, with wow. that client, or is it kind of f- free?
1: It depends on the energy of of the person we're interviewing. Uh, we've had people who've given us a whole day, two days of their time, and then one celebrity said, "You've got one question." And by the way, don't look at me. so it's all the extremes and usually the bigger the artist the more handlers they have and the more handlers they have the more of a pain they are (laughs) 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 because everybody wants to add value everyone wants to feel like they belong and it's just a bunch of cooks in the kitchen and it's just like can we just like everyone just chill out and like, we all want this to be good. Raise your hand if you want this to suck. You know, nobody raises their hand. So, the results just trying to make it <laughs> good.
0: So, you were in Nashville, what, last week? Was it last week?
1: Yeah. 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 So, we are currently in the throes of shooting and editing a piece for CMA, Country Music Awards. Foundation, and so we were interviewing people like Patty Lovelace, um, Luke Bryan, Miranda Lambert, Trisha Yearwood, uh, Keith Urban gave us an hour, and uh, so yeah, this is this is a big project that's going to take a lot of my time, um, but we're supposed to be done with something in March of 2023. Which kind of makes me happy that we don't have too much time because our instinct is, if you've got a year to make something, we're gonna use that whole year to do the best we can. Do, do you know what I mean? Well, like, yeah, yeah. If you got a week, it's like, whew, well, it's only a week. Great, right? But if you got a year, you're, you know, you just want to do it the best you can, so you're not like how those 365 days you like really want to put forth effort in those 365 days if you got it but it gets taxing sometimes and finding the work-life home-life balance can get a little dicey with projects Do you like think that. they exist probably not <laughs> probably not <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't would know you agree
0: yeah i don't think that exists at all no i mean i'm gonna
1: we're gonna do this and so i'm gonna go to basketball for two hours you know yeah. yeah. So, what is that about? Like, what? How do you feel about that? What is your stress level on a scale from one to ten? Right typically? now? Typically? No, no, no. Typically, <laughs> yeah. Right now. Right now.
0: <laughs> it's probably a six to a nine, right? It depends on, on what. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> who wrecks a truck or, uh, <laughs> or who decides to come to work? Yeah. You yeah. know. And most, we have great employees, but, and most people do, but then yeah. you, you count on something, finishing yeah. up something, you know,
1: meeting a timeline, and yeah, that's not happening. Yeah. Um, so film, film, making movies and, and commercials a lot is a lot of like pain management. You know, you're dealing with a lot of egos, a lot of cooks in the kitchen, and, uh, You just, it's a, it's a dance to keep everybody happy. That gets overwhelming. You know, if you have a client that's just dead set on not being happy about anything, then that, that sort of contaminates the whole, (laughs) the whole
0: thing. We, we had someone, we put in a water heater, we pulled a permit yeah. which you're supposed to do, which was required by the state. They, were, they weren't mad because of the price or the water heat. They were mad because we pulled a permit. You know. Mm. So, yeah, you have I mean, just crazy stuff. Yeah. Okay. So who, who picks the person that interviews these people? Mm. Is that the ad agency or the? No, it's always juicy. So you, I mean, so somebody that works with you gets to do the interviewing.
1: That's right, the director. So okay. I, I'm an aspiring director, right? I, I eventually want to do what Chusey does. This guy from Venezuela that I've been working with every day for 18 years. He's the guy that saved me from Abercrombie and Fitch.
2: <laughs> so how did he save you? What did he
1: find you? Uh, I was a mutual friend. A mutual friend said, hey, Chusey, I got this, this guy that just you know, just graduated from film school, and but he's working at Abercrombie, and Chusey was like, well, what's that about? Why is he folding jeans? I mean, I I have to say, just I my my denim wall was top notch. Like, <laughs> I had an immaculate denim wall. The way I folded those jeans. So did you just go behind people and fold jeans, like? <laughs> yeah. yeah, They would, you know, just find just their size. Pull out, look at and put them back. Did, yeah.
0: you, did you use the little plastic
1: boards? I didn't. Oh, okay. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Did you spray a lot of the smell on you when you got yes, there every day? Yes,
1: everyone had to be spritzed. Yeah.
0: Like how many times? Like Oh,
1: just once. Oh. Uh, and you couldn't wear black. Do you remember that, Nate? I don't you remember that. You couldn't wear that. black. I don't remember that. They would not let you wear black. Was this black. the Asheville Mall? This was the Asheville Mall. Yeah, I went down the escalator and banged a left, and there it was. And the H&M is there now. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, choosy, choosy almost always asks the questions.
0: And who comes up with those questions? Choosy. So he gets the free reign of what, I'm sure they give you a list of what to ask and what not to ask.
1: Uh, well, yes. Well, his his preference is that they don't know the questions going into it, so it doesn't feel rehearsed. But usually the, the bigger the star, the more rehearsed it sounds. And there have been times where choosy tries to disarm them and charm them and they're going to go with the same. You know those GI Joes that you like pull the cord and it says like has like a saying that that it's it's kind of like that. Some some celebrities are like right. that. They they have these rehearsed responses to everything and it's just the same thing over and over again. Which is really <laughs> frustrating. You know, cuz I don't I, we, we want to get deeper than just their Wikipedia page. Right. I want to actually connect with yeah. them get the real person have out. Have an authentic 'Cause it, you know, you can just tell when with whether you believe them or not.
0: All right, so we won't keep you any longer, huh? but I appreciate you I mean that I had no clue. Like I just see that and that's awesome to me, you know? Oh. I was already told Thank I c I couldn't do that here. They already cut me off. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> no, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> can't can't have a movie. Uh what motivates you to go to work every day? What motivates you to, you know, they call you at, you know, eight o'clock in the morning, you're gone by lunchtime for two weeks. What,
1: mm. what keeps you going? Being an artist, if you will, I'm kind of cerebral. Like artists are usually kind of like, it's kind of kind of the stereotype and cliche is true. You're just kind of like in your head all the time there's a lot of noise in there and a lot of the times the only way to really shut that off is to be in the service of others and that that helps you get out of your head even if you're just editing something that you don't necessarily want to be editing you know you're you're a brand ambassador for these clients that hire you and trust their image in your hands so it's a good respite from just the everyday uh, noise that goes on in in my head, and I think a lot of other people's heads, um, that motivates me.
0: So that's a different answer than we usually get. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. Well, good deal. I appreciate you coming in today.
1: Hey, man, it's my pleasure. Um, Thanks for having it's me. It's Awesome
0: to learn about <laughs> everything you do.
1: Yeah, I'm still um, figuring out everything I do. Yeah, and uh, I I will just say that. Um, you know, books, literature, music, movies, I think there are things that could be said in those art forms that you can't necessarily say uh, just in everyday conversation. i think I think there are some things that can't really be said. The same way that that you can say them with, with uh, a minor key when you see a, a car driving down an interstate, or you know, there's a you, uh, here's a, one other thing. I don't want to overstay my well. No, 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 you're not go at, at all. Center. All right. So you take a sentence. Uh, the cat walked into the house. So everyone is going to have their version of a cat. Their version of the way that walks, and the version of the house, and a version of how the cat feels when they're in that house. Are they in the right house that they expected to be in? Uh, what does it smell like? The, all the stories have been told. It's how you tell the story that differentiates you. And um, so, like I said, I'm, I'm an aspiring director, but, and I have a voice, but I, I haven't figured out what I want to say yet. So in, in, in looking forward, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what I want to say. Do you, do you know what I mean? Right. I mean all, like I said, all stories have been told. It's just how do you tell it your way and borrow from yourself and not, not and you know, I'm, the, the last thing I want to do is like, yeah, so I want to do this thing, you know, kind of like Coen brothers meets, uh, you know, the Farley brothers. And it's like, hold on, hang on a second. What's your last name? Uh, O'Neill. Oh, cool. Do your, do your own thing. You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. No, I, I definitely agree.
0: I think that's in, in all yeah. of business. Yeah. You know, you got to do, do your own thing. You well, know? Always got to set yourself apart. Yeah. Absolutely. Be, be uncommon in a yeah. common world, right? That's yeah. right. You that's know? right. So. There it is. All right. Cool. Thanks. Thank that you. concludes the podcast. You've been listening to the Fullport Podcast with Josh Howard and Nate Wyatt. Find us on social media like Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Just search T.P. Howard Plumbing. Make sure to click the follow button on the podcast and give it a five-star
2: rating if you like what you hear.